Boobs, Blood, and Badasses, the Hammer Horror Podcast, part of the Dorkening Network, with hosts Dr. Chris and Ro Lauren. Twice a month, we will talk about a Hammer Horror film, only the horror movies of the Hammer catalog from the Britain studio from the 60s, 70s, and the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Join us as we not only discuss the film's plotline, but also factoids about the different actors, production crew, and behind-the-scenes facts, as well as going over any of the information that happens to be on the Blu-rays or DVDs from these fantastic films. We will be covering classic films from Hammer's catalog, Horror of Dracula, Horror of Frankenstein, Brides of Dracula, Prince of Darkness, Dracula Has Risen from the Grave, just to name a few. We will also not be shying away from topics like sex, blood and abuse towards women that many people may think be too taboo to talk about. Join us again twice a month here on the Dorkening Network and check out the rest of the shows on the Dorkening Network. You can find us at ChrisDSAV on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at RoLorn, R-O-L-0-R-E-N. Welcome to another exciting episode of Goth Girl Horror, the Hack Slash Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm your co-host, Tressie Lex. Today we are talking about Hack Slash Volume 2, Number 5, Standalone Issue. Then we got another standalone issue coming up tied into an event that we're going to be doing. But first, this is the return of an old frenemy of Cassie and Vlad's, Phantomax. Or Phantoma, Phantoma. however you want to... Yeah. Um, and then also a little uh, epilogue story to a previous story, which I think is in the... I don't know if that's in the floppy or not, the ending, at the funeral. That one is kind of like an annual issue, wasn't it? Uh, that's in the hatchet issue? Oh! The funeral? Yeah. The night maybe, funeral in Eminem? Okay, yeah. Maybe they couldn't reprint the hatchet issue in the omnibus because it's of uh, yeah. copyright. Okay, so we'll get to that. Alright, so it follows in the omnibus, which I'm reading this from. Usually I have the floppies. Uh, the Return of Phantoma, Mystery Woman of the Jungle, Mystery Woman, Hack Slash, and Charcy has the plot synopsis for us. I do. Including the uh, old school golden age comic book <laughs> at the beginning. Oh, God, it's so great. <laughs> it's so cool. Go ahead. All right, so we have The Return of Phantoma, Mystery Woman of the Jungle. So story by Tim Seeley, art by Kyle Strom, colors by Mark Englert and Nate Lovett, letters by Crank, edits by James Lauder, published by Image, and I found the original published on June 2011. That's what I could find. And we open this issue to two men, Arco and Lomax, preparing a machine that they call Paul Bludgeon and Babe the Blue Axe to destroy the jungle. The goddess Phantoma comes along and discovers that they are what they are up to. She stops them by turning them into trees and then having them chopped down and turned into paper pulp by their own machine. She gets the ultimate revenge by turning them both into toilet paper. 
Man, I have been on a Jump real direct-to-video. Phantom tries to return to the jungle that she loves, but while she was imprisoned in the God Box, it was destroyed. So she heads back to Cassie and Vlad and asks for their help in stopping the Black Lamp Society once and for all. Meanwhile, in Eminence, Indiana, Kat is packing her bags and planning to head out for her next adventure. She lies to Chris and tells him she's going home, but he knows better, so he sends Pooch after her to help keep an eye and keep her safe. Fantima leads Cassie and Vlad to a large house where she tells them it's the location of the Black Lamp Society. Vlad and Cassie start to question if she's being honest, so she gives them the power of her sight so that they can see the black glow appear from the house. They enter the yard only to be attacked by a couple of beasts that Vlad calls slasher dogs. They kill the the dogs, but Fantima tried to tell them to stop, and she grieves over their corpses. Next, they enter the house and are attacked by a slasher. Fantima blinds him, and Cassie is able to attack him. This causes the slasher to cry out and run away upstairs. Cassie mentions that it's strange for a slasher to behave that way, but Fantima reassures Cassie that he only went to protect his mistress of the Black Lamp Society upstairs. So they head up the stairs to find that the flames blocking their way are only fake and do not burn. They enter a room where a woman in a golden mask sits on the throne. Cassie goes to attack her, but in the background, Fantima mentions that her mystery powers leave her. In the blink of an eye, Cassie and Vlad realize they have been tricked by Fantima, and a badly injured man lies on the ground while a woman in a bathrobe holds on to him. The woman pleads with them not to hurt them. Realizing that Fantima indeed had tricked them, Vlad and Cassie force her to explain her actions. She tells them that because she failed at taking care of the jungle, her powers were taken away, and all she had left was her mystery powers. She used them to create an illusion to trick them into killing the CEO CEO of Arcomax International because her company was was the ones destroying her jungle. In that next moment, in a flash of light, Cassie is chosen to become the next Fantima. But instead of accepting the powers, Cassie rejects them after Vlad takes her hand and reminds her to keep her humanity. Cassie collapses to the ground, and Vlad carries her away while also apologizing to the injured couple. Fantima follows him to the car, but she begins to walk away from him, and he asks if she needs a ride. She informs Vlad, no, I need to walk as man does. A former god must learn what it's like to have dirt beneath her feet. Excellent. So, Fantima, last we saw, was back in the uh, Devil's Due Press. Yeah, the superhero one. Yep. Um, And we open up with a 50s-style Golden Age uh, recreation. Who did the art in this? And all that I have is Kyle Strom, so I'm wondering if he did both versions. Oh, interesting. Because usually if it's two artists, they'll give credit to both of them. Do you think Fantima has this kind of like Lady Death way about her where she is, not Lady Death, I'm sorry, um, Death of the Marvel Universe where she can transform from like a beautiful woman to a death-like skull? Oh, definitely. And I mean, she's supposed to seem intimidating as well, so... This is also definitely a recreation of old-school EC Comics. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, the opening sequence with the turning in the trees, learning the lessons, uh, very Tales from the Crypt-like. Um, when this guy's regular artwork comes in, it is quite 
revealing and weird. I mean, for one thing, Vlad, after the shower scene with Cassie, which is all very sexy and good because Phantom has ginormous, like, E-cup-style breasts mm-hmm. are just, like, popping out everywhere. Uh, we we get to the after-shower scene, and Vlad looks like a zombie. I mean, he's just so decaying-looking. That that face, uh, like, I, I want to pinpoint what his face reminds me of when she first comes out of the shower. And, but yeah, it's, Vlad looks so weird. <laughs> like, he's not, he's not the typical Vlad that I would think of. He does look like a zombie. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, we switch over to Eminence, uh, Indiana, and Chris is still recovering from his injuries from the previous issue. Don't forget, we took a couple episodes break to do the My First Maniac was being published around the same time. Yeah. And so Chris is still recovering. And Lisa uh, is still pregnant. Of course, she doesn't look very pregnant in these pictures. Uh, and he's being helped to the bathtub by the um, uh, supermodel, super-created model. Yes. Uh, why can't I think of her name right now? But Lisa does not... Oh, wait, oh that's, that's not, not Lisa. Lisa. That's, that's Kat. Kat. Okay. I was going to say, I remember Lisa being a little bit more pregnant previously, and now she's got like a 10 out of 10 body. Not that a pregnant woman doesn't have a 10 out of 10 body, but you get what I'm saying. Flat stomach, the whole thing. Does, does, well, does, Kat's got the 10 out of a 10 body. <laughs> yes, which is very unusual to think about. Which I know she's supposed to be like 24 or something like that, 22. She's supposed to be mm-hmm. older than Cassie, but she's also got like the mentality of a 12-year-old. And that's the joke with Kat, is that she's the super hot, but she's got the mind of a child. It's very weird to look at her sexually. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, do you like when we switch back? Okay, so by the way, Pooch just looks... Okay, Chris looks horrifying. Pooch looks disgusting as hell. <laughs> and drools like crazy. Oh, my God. Can't even imagine a Pooch figure. We, I can. <laughs> uh, we switch back over to the car, and, like, Phantom Max in that corset is, like... Reminds me of of a couple girls I dated who loved wearing corsets, and they they had huge breasts, and they were just squishing out of the corsets. This is exactly what it looks like. So the definition of the way it's drawn is perfect, I think. Uh, I don't know what the hell Cassie is wearing this whole time because she barely is wearing any clothes. <laughs> and and I also swear that that necklace she's wearing is that a Star Trek symbol? Yeah, I think so. It's. I mean, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Again, Vlad looks like a zombie. He's all decaying and bumpy, tumorous, cancerous. Is this a disease that she talks about later on? Yes, which uh, obviously that's foreshadowing to the issues coming up and what's happening with him. Right. I love that he's hiding behind this newspaper, though. Like, this newspaper's going to protect him from this god. <laughs> Why does Cassie put a mask on? When they get to the I don't club. know. I was wondering that as well. It makes no sense. There's no reason for her to wear a mask. And it's, it, she never would any other time she goes against the the Black Lamp Society. So now this would make more sense after the next upcoming storyline. After we do the uh, annual, there's a story coming up where Cassie becomes very famous. So uh, yeah, it would make sense after that because then she would want to hide her face. Right. I don't know. It's just so strange. Uh, Phantom transforms into her blue death-like state. Scary Smurfette. Jesus out of them. (laughs) uh, Cassie calls her Scary Smurfette. Yes. Gotta love Cassie's one-liners. 
Um, so Phantoma's whole costume is just like this bathing suit corset thing, kind of sounds like something Wonder Woman would wear, but it's like black. And it's creating the perfect Shakespearean balcony. So you know, something like that. <laughs> um, and then of course, I, and I do like the weird art for these flasher dogs as they had labeled them of course us knowing that it was phantoma with her illusion we now know that they technically were killing the pet dogs of this poor couple which is because i kept thinking like you know revisiting this issue i'm like why is phantoma grieving over these and i'm like i know she cares about animals well then after getting back to the end of the issue and remembering what had happened it's like oh so those were actually pet dogs of course, we're seeing them as these weird, monstrous versions that Phantoma had used for her illusion. Slasher dogs. That's something new. Mm-hmm. Never heard of that. I don't think I've ever seen slasher dogs. Usually the dog is the victim by the slasher. And some people have been pissed about that sometimes. But, you know, the dog's fine. I don't make-believe acting. Dogs are trained. It's it's okay. I mean, it's it's not like it's the snake in Friday the 13th, which was wrong. Because that was a snake that was actually chopped in half. Oh. Yeah. Um, I never knew that. Yeah, in the first Friday the 13th movie, I think it's Kevin Bacon. I'm not 100% certain. But he yeah. chops, he, he, mach- he machete chops a snake. See, that that's the stuff that's hard. When you hear the movies where it really happened, it's like, nope, can't do it. Or Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, I, I'm one turtle. of those. I will never watch that movie. It's There's nothing to watch about it. I, I've never been a fan. I watched, like... I watched it once with the commentary on because I knew I was not going to get into it that much. And I was like, this is just disgusting for disgusting sake. And if you're into it, whatever, that's fine. Cool on you. I don't care. The point <laughs> is, I'm not. It's just it's just like gore, 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 gore. At least Hostel, I think, had more of a, had a bit of a plot to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not saying Hostel is a great movie. I'm just saying that it had a decent plot. Hostel 2? Fucking love Hostel Part <laughs> 2. Let me tell you, the upside-down girl being cut open by the scythe, the Elizabeth Bathory blood scene. Oh, it's a lot. <laughs> and you know what? When they get more creative with it and coming up with different ideas with it, I, I like that kind of stuff. But yeah, gore for gore's sake. Eh. So the the dogs are completely slashed up. The slasher dogs, and she's feeling bad for them. They're bleeding out everywhere. And then some type of freak of nature with a giant claw, metal hand shows up. Something out of like a uh, Rob Zombie music video. That or it makes me think of one of the uh, Borderlands game franchises, like one of the Psychos. It makes me think of one of those guys, too. Right. And then the woman uh, Cassie calls a fucking bitch. What is this character's name? I don't think they ever name her. Like, she's supposed to. And what Phantoma, when she had tricked them, she had told them that this was the woman in charge of the Black Lamp Society. Right. I don't think she named her. Right, it's just a uh, woman, ba- like weirdly drawn, and her husband, who are polluting the rainforest. Um, and Cassie Which... and Vlad feel pissed off that they got used to go after. Uh, basically, they're doing an environment. You know, they're they're uh, innocent people. Basically. Yeah, well, yeah, to a point and degree. If this was poison yeah. ivy, she'd be killing them too. So, oh yeah, po- poison Very ivy good. would ex- would have the same attitude problem Phantom does. And I guess we all should. The point is, though, <laughs> uh, the way Poison Ivy and Phantom go about doing it is what's illegal and wrong. So that's not to condone saying that somebody who pollutes the environment deserves to die. They deserve to be in jail. 
there there are better ways to go about getting rid of bad people like this. <laughs> now, if your toxic chemical spill into the local water system kills a lot of innocent people, like it did up, you know, north or up yeah. the Midwest or whatever that was, uh, that movie Mark Ruffalo's in. Uh, yes. Yeah, you okay, deserve to probably. Yeah, you deserve not only jail but possibly the death penalty. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's just you know, environment's one thing, human life's another thing. That's a whole funny political debate I want to get much further into. But uh, <laughs> yeah, she she reminds me a lot of Poison Ivy, and then and then Cassie becomes like uh, Captain Universe <laughs> or the <Yeah>. Silver Surfer. <laughs> oh, I also wanted to kind of pinpoint on the point that the the company that it was that Arcomax it's literally pinpointing to the two from the very beginning the Arco and the Lomax oh okay so I think that this company is supposed to derive from originally from them so I kind of like that little hint in there interesting oh but yes uh, she doesn't she look like the Silver Surfer <laughs> when they start doing the thing she totally looks like the Silver Surfer or Captain Universe <laughs> and then she's got like the glowing blue and then she I guess it's like okay so you're the goddess for the earth or whatever you gotta wear some nighty scantily clad yeah and I was thinking about that too I'm like what's with the weird I mean it's cute but what is with that <laughs> I'm assuming it's because of uh, I mean sorry let me start over it's just like if you become a vampire your breasts grow two sizes too large <laughs> Well, I mean, she's still got the freaky-looking face, like what Phantoma would have had. But, yeah, it's it's kind of like the idea of being the same idea of the nightie that Phantoma wears with the lace. Yeah, but, is. yeah, it's just it's a weird, interesting choice. It's more clothing than what Kathy was wearing, though. Yeah, very strange. Um, yeah, yes, it is, definitely is more clothing. Uh, <laughs> and Vlad is her anchor once again, trying to pull her back mm -hmm. down. Um, very cosmic powers style. Um, they leave the two people pretty much alone. I guess to fend for themselves. We never we don't really see what happens other than what well, was going on. I mean, Vlad says we're gonna send an ambulance, and he oh, apologizes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I guess they'll get patched up. <laughs> we're just gonna assume they're okay. I mean, if Phantom was smart, she would also, like, have found, like, paper evidence and turned it over, but that might be a completely foreign concept to her because she's been, like, in hibernation all these years, and she just woke up, so she might not understand what, like, a paper trail is or evidence, things that would convict these people forever, but she doesn't want human law. She wants her law. I had the law! And, and she's higher than thou, but, you know, now she's forced to walk the earth as a human. Could you imagine a cast a hack slash Judge Dredd crossover? Oh my gosh, that'd be fun. Judge Dredd's crossed over with everyone else, so why not? Join the Cassie universe. Come. <laughs> Basically. That's it. The case shoot just kind of ends. I don't have any ads to talk about with this issue because I'm doing it from the uh, the Hoopla app, which you can download all of the hack slash omnibuses from. And yeah, and, and most of the omnibuses, I don't actually have access to any of the ads and that kind of stuff. I get to see the covers. That's good. I think there's just the one cover for this, isn't there? Or, is there, or are there more? Uh, let me skim through and see if there... Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Because it looks like those are all from the Fame Monster. So it must just be the one that's on the front, which I, is... 
And I don't remember if Phantom Mall returns again during this Image comic series, but we got like 25 issues left to go, or 20 issues. What is it? I don't issues? remember her coming back. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember her. So maybe that will happen in the upcoming return, whenever that happens to be. I don't yeah. know. Tim hasn't told us. He probably wants to keep it close to himself. Don't forget, he also just completed a big Kickstarter to get the big omnibus. Uh, put out for the hack slash, which is great. Yes. Uh, I did the digital version because I have all these in floppies. I don't, you know, I didn't need a giant hardcover of these. Um, <laughs> so I got the flop. I got the digital because I ne- I did want that, you know, original nine page story he put in there, which I'm assuming takes place after hack slash crow. So we'll see. I think so. Yeah, I'm excited to read that though too. Right, because the hack slash 15th anniversary is kind of it's not, you know, it's not really continuity at the exception of the Mary. Mary Lovecraft story, so yeah, because Cassie appearing in like the the real world and killing Tim Seeley is or going after Tim Seeley. <laughs> I mean that could happen, I guess. I I don't know. I'm assuming the 15th anniversary special is just kind of its own little thing, kind it of is. Like trailers. It so. is. <laughs> and we're gonna get to trailers issue uh, number two at some point. I did issue number one, um, you know, like over a year ago. But uh, there's an Image Comics trailer issue, which is all a bunch of little short stories that will be fun to get to the next episode yes. of hack slash will tie into an event that we're doing that we're going to figure out when to get it set up the hack slash hatchet issue well we got fame monster just before that though right no it, according to omnibus it's the hack slash annual number three really because in uh my omnibus i have fame monster and then i have the one that you're talking about for because then I oh wait no then next I have interdimensional women's prison breakout with a bomb queen yeah go back and look at the uh, menu for uh, omnibus volume four I don't know about and also according to the internet hack slash annual number three did come out after issue five well that's weird yeah because even in my omnibus I go from mystery woman then I have that little annual number three night girl then I have all right, so Save ni- Okay, so this is going based on continuity. So the Night Funeral does take place after five. Okay, so we're not doing the hatchet one yet. Okay. Alright, so pause real quick on edit all <laughs> So Fame Monster is the next story that we're gonna do, issues six through eight. Six, seven, and eight. Uh we'll figure out how we're gonna divide that up. Maybe we'll do all six, three issues at once, maybe we won't. Who knows? It's all wacky and crazy. And then uh International Women's Breakout Prison, which is the return of Bomb Queen. So um, if you enjoy this episode, leave us a comment. Don't forget, you can also email us at gmail.com, the official Hack Slash podcast. And don't forget all the views and opinions of the Hack, the Goth Girl Horror Show are of the hosts. Uh, if you have any questions and comments, please send us to the email or the Twitter. If you would like to be a sponsor for the podcast, you can contact us at gmail.com And you can find us on at Goth Girl Horror and at Christy SAV. And at Charcy Lux. Thank you, everyone. We'll be back in two weeks with another exciting episode. And have a great day. Dorgan Ramen is a restaurant in Ashland, Massachusetts. It serves traditional and authentic Japanese ramen, Thai noodle soups, and the best chicken wings in the Metro West. Everything's done in-house from scratch, and they use only the highest quality products from small farms. Co-chef owners, Papanook and Alan McIntosh, combine their culinary skills with traditional Japanese cuisine to create an authentic, amazing flavor in every dish. Located at 1 West Union Street on Ashland, Massachusetts, their phone number is 508 
309-3416. Or they can be located on Facebook at Dorgan Ramen Ashland and on their website as well, www.dorganramen.com.